This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Morning all, I hope you're all well. Um, thought I would do a quick dog walk video this morning, it's been a while. Um, this will be the first one to go on TalkSport, so you could be listening to this on the TalkSport network. Um, the wind is down here, um, but uh, so the sound quality shouldn't be too bad. So just to let you know, if you are new to this and you are listening on TalkSport, uh, the morning dog walk is uh, where in the morning I walk the dog, um, but I talk about Lincoln City to alleviate boredom, perhaps. We just do a little bit of a chat. We get a few people on board. 24 at the moment. Good morning to you all. Morning, Ryan Whelan, Connor Pearce and Kev Green. Hope you're all well. And we just chat Lincoln City. Uh, so it could be the first time you're listening on Tour Sport. If it is, thank you very much. So then a little bit more background. Today is, uh, I have been told, Blue Monday. Blue Monday. So it's the day where the payday seems a long way in the distance. Christmas is a long way in the past and we're stuck in this kind of nothingness mid-January. Cold weather, really cold up here. My hands are freezing holding the phone, a little bit windy. Nobody's really got any money. Nobody's got any plans until the end of the month. Oh, woe is me. Blue Monday. For Lincoln fans, it's even worse, isn't it? Shots on target at a premium. Um, just not threatening really on Saturday. Lots of negativity. And and do you know what? I took a little bit of stick on Twitter because the same old people come out of the woodwork, don't they? And I'm not that people are entitled to their opinion. Some people's opinion doesn't change from one year to the next. Everything's got to be negative. I was negative. I felt negative since the Accrington defeat, probably. Charlton, I was frustrated, not negative. I mean, we created a little bit against Charlton, probably deserved or could have drawn the game. Just looked a bit ragged in the midfield. Accrington, we should have beat. We should have had a semi-final to look forward to. We don't. And this weekend, that was a game for the taking. So it's easy to get caught up in all of that. And sometimes if you're a 
a social media junkie, unfortunately, which I am, and I'd love not to be. But if you are a social media junkie, it's really easy as well to to get caught up in what everybody else is saying. Hyperbole, like awful, woeful, terrible, not good enough. Manager must go. Always somebody for got to be to blame as well, hasn't it? Poor old Jez George is one that gets a lot of the blame, isn't he? Recruitment's not been good enough, I hear. No one was saying that when Jack Diamond got player of the month, when Lewis Fiorini and Brooke Norton Cuffey came in. So it's easy. Everybody looks for a scapegoat. That's football. That's the social media world, isn't it? And it, it brings us back to Blue Monday where you know, we're all angry. We're all looking for somebody to blame about Lincoln City's current predicament. But let's hold up. Let's rewind. What is Lincoln City's current predicament? Well, we're in League One. We haven't won since the 19th of November in the league. My birthday, great day. We haven't won away in the league since I think we beat Ipswich or Barnsley, whichever came first in October. Predicament. Six points away from the relegation zone at present. If we averaged a single point a game from now to the end of season, we'd get 51 points. Only one team in the last 20 years has been relegated on 51 points. And that team had a horrific goal difference, far worse than our goal difference is now. So if we drew every game from now to the end of the season, bar something completely and utterly out of the ordinary, we'd stay up anyway. So it's interesting. What is our predicament? We drew with Bolton and Ipswich over Christmas. We're resilient. We're not conceding goals. Okay, we've conceded four last week, four in three games now. The, you know, under usual circumstances, we're not conceding goals. We're halfway through a transfer window, so we're, we're almost, it's almost like we're, we're writing off a television series when you're only at episode three and there's still three, three series, three episodes left to go. So, whilst it's easy to be negative, and it's a very British thing, I think, it's a very British thing to always look on the dark side of life, isn't it? I remember people walking out against uh, Colchester when we lost 3-0 on the final game of a season where we'd already won the title with three games to spare <clears throat> because the football wasn't good enough. So the criticism is really, it's easy, it's so easy to be negative. You know, you go to a party, you know the people who you're going to go and talk to. If you say you're OK, they're going to start telling you why they're not. Because, you know, we don't like positivity in England, in Britain. We don't like winners. I remember growing up at school, a school assembly, somebody did on Prince Nazim Hamed saying, why do we hate Prince Naz? Because a lot of people did at the time because he was arrogant. Oh, that is a winner. But we like, we like negativity. We like the plucky underdog. That's why people now go back to Danny and Nicky all the time, isn't it? Bring back the brothers. Why? Because we were the plucky underdog. We weren't the big winners. Nobody expected us to win. We weren't the big boys in the division. So we weren't that kind of behemoth we were just plucky at the time some of those people would probably have been saying that the football wasn't good enough or Danny had taken us as far as he could or we were spending too much money easy to be critical easy to look back on the past with a, a certain fondness I look back now on the Michael Appleton reign and you I remember the good bits not particularly the negative bits so I wanted to look at some reasons why despite it being blue Monday 18th something like that January I lose count there are reasons not to be so despondent around Lincoln City at the moment. And I'm not saying we're not going to get dragged into a relegation battle. I'm not saying it's going to be a challenge between now and the end of the season. I'm really not. I'll come to it in a minute. I just wanted to pick up on a couple of points already, if that's OK with everybody. I, I usually go back to the beginning on these dog walks and then I start going over the same points again. Jonathan Ricketts, thank you for watching, my friend. Are our fans any worse than others? Whenever we don't win, not lose a few games in a row, it's panic station, sack the manager, adjust George. No, they're not, actually. 
they're not. You're quite right. Football fans in the modern day are almost always the same. You know, it doesn't matter if you're Lincoln, if you're Portsmouth, it's always don't win a couple of games, sack the manager. Not challenging for the playoffs, something's to blame. There's always fundamental problems at a football club. And I think that's a, it's a football thing. And it's probably more because we have access to social media, because we have access to every game, every interview. It's so easy. Back in the 60s and 70s, I seem to remember, not, I don't remember it because I'm not there, but, um, you know, you, you, it was in the pubs when you you go to the pubs and you'd listen to the guy at the bar moaning. But the only people that listened to him were the ones around him. And if they didn't want to listen to him, they'd move away social media. We get everybody's opinion. And then when you choose to filter that opinion, as I do, and mute a whole lot of people, people who I have time for and I respect, but their opinions are of no consequence to me, I then get a little bit of criticism for that. It's my filter. It's my walking away from the bar. Uh, so what's Shane got to say? Shane Clark, morning, pal. Same old people after every defeat or poor run. Sometimes you just need to have a weekend off and keep away from social media. It squeezes the life out of you. You are quite right. I am a social media junkie. I do tend to go on it. I go on it far, far less than I did last season. It got to me last season to a point where I fell out with quite a few people. And they're expressing their opinion as is their right. Um, their opinion was wrong, in my opinion. And then I felt I had to argue it. And I, I don't know. I get. I look at Lincoln City like a family member. See the honest truth. I look at Lincoln City like, like they're my, I would say my brother, but at the moment, probably best not. Um, so I look at Lincoln City like they're my mom or my dad. You know that you criticise your own mom and dad. You will. If your mum does, does, does something wrong, like she doesn't call you when she's going to, oh, mum didn't call again. Someone says, oh, your mum's a dick for not calling. You're straight on their case. That's my mum. What are you talking about? And I feel the same about Lincoln City. If we haven't played well and I say we haven't played well, I can handle that. If I say we haven't played well and even I can say something and then people will agree with it and I'll go, well, that's a little bit harsh. And then I'll start doing the counter argument. It's bizarre. And that's what social media does. So you're quite right. Kate, morning, Gary. Hope you're well. The result of the weekend didn't surprise me. We have a history of losing to teams in the relegation zone, regardless of how we're doing at the time. 100% spot on. Yes, we do. Um, Connor P.S. Morning, Connor. I've avoided calling people entitled, but keen to get your view, as we are in a decent spot contextually. We know we can perform and survive in League One. This is what we've taken. Uh, this is what we would have taken for the season. Why did it change after a few poor results? I'll come back to that in a minute. And Kev Sewell. I've got a pity, Kev. I sit in front of uh, Gav. Good guy. Um, sit right in front of him at the football. Um, easy to take money off in a bet because he's football knowledge. I'm sure he can play the game a lot better than me, but Danny and Nicky aren't coming back. Uh, Kev says, it's all right for me. Blue Monday. It's all right for you, Gary. Blue Monday. I'm with a total clown. I've just had to buy his breakfast. So Gav's just got free breakfast on Kev. That's great news. Uh, so let's go back to Connor. Avoided calling people entitled. Be keen to get your view because we're in a decent spot contextually. Um, I can see the angle. I'm going to I'm going to stop short of calling Lincoln, some Lincoln City fans entitled because I think it's a football thing as a whole. I think in this day and age where there's so much media, there's so much expectation, there's so many interviews, everybody's got to give an opinion and you'll pick the opinions you want. So it's like England. England go to the World Cup and it's, well, we should be doing this, we should be doing that. And then when we don't, it feels like the fans have been entitled, but I'm not sure it is always the case. I think it's just a expectation is, re is raised now. There's far more analysis of Lincoln City <coughs> than there ever used to be. Far more. I mean, nobody used to walk around the Wolds on a Monday morning pointing a phone talking about Lincoln, taking questions. Nobody 
Uh, Link City didn't have dedicated websites back in the 80s, for instance. It was just a newspaper and it was just pub chatter. And therefore, it was easy for pockets of expectation to grow, but not large-scale expectation, if that makes sense. And I think in the modern age, with so much media and so much focus and so much analysis, everybody expects something. I think if you ask any football fan before the season starts where they think their team will finish, they will always say that their team will finish outside the bottom four. Very few will say that they get relegated. And I think it's expectation more than anything. And I also think, you know, when you're traveling away to, to a lot of games, you hope to be entertained. And it's easy to have a knee-jerk reaction when you're not entertained and say, we're, we're rubbish, we're this, we're that. I get it. I've done it. Shrewsbury last season. Coming away from Shrewsbury last season. I'd invested the day, money. It was awful, awful football. Worst away game I've been to in a long, long while. And you have that initial anger. And probably 20 years ago, that initial anger was shared by the people in the car, on the bus. And then you would get back and you'd look at things a little bit more analytically the next day. And you'd probably go, well, actually, it wasn't as bad as that. Or, you know, this, this was good or that was good. Or, or you just didn't put it straight out there immediately. You know, a lot of the hyperbole happens half an hour after the game finishes rather than you know, Sunday morning or something like that. It takes a special type of moaner to sleep on it, come on and go, use emojis in a tweet to say it was still dog shit. There's a little pause there. That's for that's for Andy Pearson. I love you really, man. So, yeah, I don't think it's entitlement. I'm, I'm going to stop short of calling our fans entitled. Every fan base has entitled fans. I don't think Lincoln City does as such. I can understand where the notion comes from, but it's it's not for me. It's not for me. So why are we to be happy? Well, Owen Dawson uh, has commented, um, morning, guys. I'm a glass half full type of guy, not overly worried yet. There's easily more than 14th worse than there's this season, MKB in one of them. One or two quality additions, along with a few returning from injury, and things will look a whole lot brighter. Uh, and Luke Kempson, I think this is our level at the moment. We all want to be better, but it's not a bad place to be. Now, I don't live in the past, but if six years ago you'd said to me, your level will be mid-table League One, I'd have taken that. If somebody had said, your level will be bottom half League One, I would have taken that. And let's not forget, if we were in this position in League Two, which we probably were for, you know, for a large portion of my, fan, uh, my time as a fan, you're in no danger because there's only two relegation spots. And there only needs to be two teams worse. It's easy to get sucked into this division. It's easy to drop out of this division. I think it's the only division in the English game with four relegation spaces. I mean, it is a dangerous division. And when you think about the size of the teams that are in the division, at the top end, Ipswich now outside the top two, Portsmouth tumbling down the table. Charlton only just went up, obviously, last, last season. Big, big teams, big teams. Bolton, been to Bank, didn't get a win. Sheffield Wednesday, been to Bank, didn't get a win. Barnsley, Premier League in my lifetime. We've been there, we've beaten twice at Oakwell this season. Sorry, KJ said the National League has four relegation spots as well. Sorry, I meant, yeah, top flight leagues or top professional divisions. But he said, yeah, it's a dangerous, dangerous league. There's vipers at the top and there's a trap door at the bottom. It's easy to walk over. So I think you've got to take that into to account and go, well, we're in the middle of January. We're on a bad run. We're still six points off the drop at the moment. I don't think it's a terrible place to be. You know, I'd rather have our fate in our own hands at this stage than already have it kind of out of your hands that if 
you know, if you're in the bottom four already, I suppose nobody's got the fate out of their hands now, but you know what I mean? If you're six points out of the relegation spot, the onus is on teams to catch you. And all you've got to do is keep amassing those points to stay out of it. And I think I said seven, five or seven points from the next three games. Well, we've got one of those. And I know that if we draw one of these next home games and then win, the critics will be out. But actually, if we've taken five points from three games, if you take five points from every three games to between now and the end of the season, you comfortably stay up. Anyone expecting us to win the next two home games is really stretching because we've won two home games all season. And I can't see us going into these two home games, games that are comparable with Fleetwood, Exeter, Forest Green, Accrington. I can't see us going in and winning those games. I can't see us losing these games. You see it being a four points. Take four points from the next three. I'll actually be a hell of a lot happier because we will have put another two points between us and the relegation rival. And we will have uh, kept a, a, another relegation rival from gaining on us. So what else have we got to be positive about? Well, look, I keep hearing how bad the squad is, how bad recruitment's been, how desperately short we've been left. Great. I do agree we're short in key areas. And as Steve Freestons come on, morning, Steve. I worry about the lack of creativity in midfield. We could have the best striker in League One on the pitch, but if he's not being fed by midfield wingers, he'll not have a chance. He's hoping we can find that elusive midfielder before the end of the window. Do you know what? It's actually not creativity in midfield that worries me. It's the fight and control in midfield that worries me. It's the Matty Virtue, the Liam Bridcut. Almost the Conor McGrandles. Now I'll go way back to Scott Kerr, the John Finnegan's, people like that. It's that midfielder that provides the anchor between the top of the pitch and the bottom of the pitch. It's the midfielder that allows players like Max Sanders, who was woeful on Saturday. There I go, hyperbole. But he's players who allow Max Sanders to do what he does best in the fight in the top half of the, the, the pitch. Um, I don't know if the wind's bad, by the way, if it is, my apologies. It's that type of midfielder. It's the midfielder that's going to provide that link. And it's the midfielder that, when you're playing four at the back, is vital, offering the additional protection. We went back to four at the back. And that works by playing two holding midfielders, which we did in Sanders and Sorensen. But then you've got Mandria, who's almost playing as a an additional striker. So it's then that you lack the creativity. And you're quite right that you know, it's then that if you're still going to play two in midfield, then you need a more creative midfielder. Ted Bishop, unfortunately, this season has not come back as the same player. Tom Hopper, we know, hasn't as well. And you've got a striker that sticks to, but he didn't stick to Tom. But consider this, when Ben House comes back, I think he's the best striker on our books at the moment. Seven goals from open play, which I think makes him our leading scorer from open play. And when I say open play, I mean um, penalties only. I don't mean kind of like free kicks or, or goals from, from set pieces and things like that. I mean non-penalty goals. So I think he's a different type of striker. His runs are a little bit better, I think, than Tom's. Tom is a, a defensive striker, a battling striker. I think he's a striker who's entering the last few months of his contract and the last few months of his time in the city, if I'm honest. For me, we still need another striker. And I'm not here saying we need to buy 20 goals a season, man. You need another striker, one who's willing perhaps to come and fight, look for the ball a little bit. And you know, you can have as many strikers in the world and still not score goals. MK Dons on Saturday, Will Brig, Mo Issa, they've just signed John Lecco, got Louis Barry there. They've got good attacking players, they're still not scoring. So it's not about saying our striker's not good enough, as I suppose Steve alludes to. 
is about chance creation. I don't think we've had a serious problem with chance creation when we've had Matty Virtue in the team. Because I think when you've got Virtue in the team, there was just a little bit more balance in midfield. There was a game, I think it was Plymouth, where we had this perfect synergy between fullbacks, wingers, and midfielders. And to get farther up the pitch, those three have got to work together on their on the side of the pitch. So be it, you know, Jack Diamond, Regan Paul, and whoever the central midfielder is. At the moment, Sorensen Sanders. I'm not convinced Sorensen Sanders are those type of midfielders. But if you get one or two players, you're then in a position to go, well, actually, now we're in a good, we're in a good place. I think two players, and I'll get laughed, I got laughed at this, laughed out of a conversation. I think we're only two signings this window away from achieving the comfortable mid-table finish that we want. Look, my stag weekend is last weekend of April. Last home game, uh, away game, away at Morecambe. We're going to Morecambe minibus and onto the Lake District. I want to be safe by then. That's the aim, in my eyes. We're two signings away from that. We are uh, an attacker, not to replace Ben House, but to come on when we need to go to up top, to come on for the last 20 minutes when we need a different approach. But one, I think, who's more effective than Tom. Look, I'm not piling on Tom. I love Tom. He's a great guy. Off the field, he's fantastic personality. He's been good to me. He was great to my nephew when he came to his first game as well. But at the moment, he's not offering what I think we need a player to offer in that number nine role with Ben House. We need an alternative. Um, and the midfielder, the central midfielder. If I'm being greedy, another winger might be nice. But remember, these have now all got to be permanent signings unless Tashan goes back, which actually um, I don't think would be... Um, I don't think he's beyond the realms of possibility. Tashan's obviously not really had a, a huge impact either. Um, the TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Uh, Matthew Walker says, it's not the t points total that worries me, it's the style of football. But again, is that related to the players that we have available? My mate Pete messaged me on Sunday morning, I think it was, and said, selling Jamie Robson and then going to a back four shows a complete lack of planning on Lincoln C's part. So his theory was, Jamie Robson's a, a, a left back rather than a wing back. He would have been perfect to have played left back. We've now gone four at the back and signed a wing back in Harry Boys, and that shows poor planning. I kind of disagree. 
because, first of all, I actually think Jamie Wal- Jamie Robson was just as much of a wing-back. He's got forward and put the cross in for Jordan Garrick's goal on Saturday. So if we're talking about you know, creative attacking moments from a defender, Jamie Robson did that for Forrest Green on his debut. I don't know why we sold Jamie Robson. Personally, it's a decision that baffles me a little bit. I think there's got to be more to it. Maybe it's wages. Maybe it's personality with Mark Kennedy. I don't know. Those things happen. They happen across football. It's one of those things. I liked Jamie Robson. I don't think he shows particularly a lack of planning. I don't think that you... I think that we have a squad where we can be flexible. Okay, so I'm not a massive fan of changing formations. So I'm not a massive fan of going 3-4-3 for this period, 4-2-3-1 for this period, 4-3-3. Do you know what I mean? Because I think... I think a team needs its own identity to beat the teams in and around. It's easy then to adapt, and I think we adapt well to the big challenges. We proved that beating Bristol City, you know, playing well against Southampton, winning at Ipswich, play, drawing at home with Ipswich, Bolton. We can, we can, we can stifle, and we can kind of gain an advantage that way. But you've got to have your own identity then to be able to go and beat teams. And that's what we haven't got. That's what I said, I think, after October or November when we had a really good run. You know, this is a top half team if we can figure out a way to do that. We haven't figured out a way to do that. Therein lies the problem. And I know we're talking about injuries coming back. And I think uh, I've said it, somebody said it a little bit further up here on the chat. We haven't actually got that many players to come back. Ben House, Sean Rowan, Lewis Monsmer. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's about it. Lewis, you know, where's he going to play? You've got Adam Jackson. You've got Joe Walsh. You've got, if we go four at the back, centre-back's got to move on. Surely got to move on. But do you then want to keep the extra defender in case you want to go back to the three at the back? That's the issue. That's the issue with not having particularly a set way to play. Ben House comes back, he plays. Sean Rowan comes back, you go four at the back. Rowan's more of a defensive fullback. Um, and, and there is a clear definition between Harry Boys, a clear kind of play style between Harry Boys, between Sean Rowan. It's getting, getting my apologies if, uh, if it's affected the sound. But the fact is that we're still talking about decent players. And when people say to me, 80% of the squad's not good enough for League One, it's hyperbolic. Because. You can't tell me that any of the back four or five are not League One quality because they've proven they are. They've proven they are in every game this season that that they've needed to defend and fight and dig out results. Howdy O'Connor, signing of the summer. Adam Jackson, definitely League One quality. We've seen it over the last couple of years. Joe Walsh, even coming back from his injury, is the same. TJ's had decent games on the right three. Regan Paul, good enough. Harry Boys, jury's still got to be out. But an MK Dons fan messaged me on Saturday and said Harry Boys is hell of a player. And he was impressed with him on Saturday. Sean Rowan has, you know, is not a player that you're going to go, well, he's not good enough for this. You, you go across the back, it's hard to pick a single player that you wouldn't say isn't good enough for this level. It's the midfield, the central midfield. Max Sanders is when he's got Matty Virtue or AN other next to him. Las Sorensen is in a three when his job is run after everything and, and you don't have to worry about being too technical I don't think that he's impressed in terms of technicality and I can't remember again who it was I was conversing with my apologies if it was you who said last is exactly the opposite that you would expect from 
a, a, a foreign player or a European player coming from a former Premier League team, you would expect him to drop down to this division and, you know, or any player of that kind of ilk to drop down to this division and be technically very good, but perhaps lack some of the work rate, some of the combativeness. Whereas actually what you've got with Lass is his work rate's good. He scraps hard. He fights for everything, but he lacks a little bit of finesse. Exactly the opposite from what you what you'd expect. You could argue those two as a two is not legal quality. I'd argue that all day long. I don't think they are. I think that was partly why Michael Michael why Mark changed it this Saturday. Danny Mandrew still settling in, but I think you can see the quality he's got. Jack Diamond hit and miss inconsistent, but League One quality, not Championship quality. Midi Steepo, no idea. Can't judge him on one game against MK Dons. Absolutely can't. Tom Hopper, lower league one quality at best at this stage of his career. I think the injuries at the timeouts taking was top. Ben House, certainly getting there. Charles Vernon, borderline. But it's not actually that many that you would go <coughs> borderline. I want to say borderline for Charles Vernon. I think he's a good player to have to bring off the bench. Just worry about his end product. He can carry the ball for you, and I think he's changed games when he's came on and made us look a better team going forward. But you need players who have got that spark. And we look at Raksaki, for instance, or Charlton. Players who are going to deliver a pass. Players like, and here we go again, Brennan Johnson, Morgan Rogers, Brooke Norton Company. Players that will get you off your seat and you think you're going to do something there. He's running that game against Wickham. Where he went like the whole, just cut through the whole pitch. Beating players, had a shot, didn't go in. But that type of run, that type of player, that's what we lack. And we're not going to sign one now, <coughs> in my opinion, because that type of player is the wind okay? Hit me up in the comments if the wind's bad, because it's blowing a gale again. Um, but we're not going to sign that type of player because you get that type of player on loan. You don't pay money for them, and we're now looking to pay money for players. So in terms of thrills and spills out wide, I think actually a lot. Might be wrong, but I think it is. I think what we're looking at now is paying a fee for a player who can come in <coughs> and we will either develop, but we'll add strength. Now, I'm not going to name the name, but there was a report yesterday on, uh, on Nottingham Live. Not Live, I think it was about Lincoln City putting a bid in for a player and it was immediately taken down. Now, if that's the case, we're currently looking to try and buy strikers. That's what we need to do. And, you know, it's easy to criticise Jez because nobody really understands what he does. It's easy to criticise recruitment when you're losing games. I don't see a lot of praise when you're winning games. I don't see a lot of people going, well done to the recruitment team for bringing Powdy O'Connor into Sinsel Bang when Sheffield Wednesday were interested in the summer. I don't see a lot of that. Funny, isn't it? I see a lot of criticism of why haven't we sold Regan Paul when I didn't see a lot of praise when we signed Regan Paul. Well, you don't see a lot of you know, retrospective praise for the players that we've signed. It's so easy. I don't think our recruitment has been awful. I don't think he's been great at times. But what's great? Brennan Johnson and Morgan Rogers. That whole summer where Financial fair play went out the window. That was great recruitment, but it was a one-off. Now, with retrospect, last summer's recruitment wasn't great. It wasn't. 
Luis Fiorini did relatively well. Guay was a flop. The Delican was a flop. It's hard to even think anyone else. Sorensen is out. I don't think he's the player that we'd hoped he might be. So, it's in, sorry, the wind is it's just, I can't believe it's got up like this. I wouldn't have done a, a thing if it was going to be so inaudible. So, I want to try and put this on TalkSport. So, anyway. <laughs> So there we go. I still think there's plenty to be positive about. Six points clear. Our fate's in our own hands. I think that we look hard to beat when we play at our full capacity. I think that changing formation on Saturday and, and still not looking susceptible despite them having quality attackers. I mean, Louis Barry was on the books of Barcelona. Um, uh, Mo Issa was a one million striker. I, I just think... I actually think now, with retrospect, it was boring on Saturday. But was it woeful? Was it terrible? I'm not so sure it was. I think it's easy to get drawn into that way, especially when you've travelled in good numbers, which we did. And respect to everybody that travelled, I think it's easy to get drawn into, we were terrible, it was boring, blah, blah, blah. It's where we are. We're not going to go out and beat teams 3 or 4-0 because... That's not what we do. That's not the level that we're at now, is it? There's not many. In. And Shrewsbury will beat Burton 3-0. It would be nice for us to go and beat one of these two teams we've got coming up in the next kind of two weeks, 3 or 4-0. Just get to get our fans kind of a little bit back on side and you know, get some of those wavering fans to realise that it isn't all doom and gloom. It's not ideal. But I've seen words sleepwalking into a relegation battle now, three seasons out of the last four. Two out of those three seasons, we didn't walk into that relegation battle. I heard someone into a relegation battle in February last year. We never dropped into the bottom four after February last year. And I just think, I think it's easy then to get drawn into it because then a, a moderate supporter, and Gordon Gardner's got the point here, does social media skew what the majority of supporters think and understand it does? Because then your moderate supporter goes on and sees people talking about relegation. And that's the conversation. That's the discussion. That's what steers debate on my dog walks. It's what steers topics on BBC Radio Lincolnshire. And actually, with six points off the bottom, the bottom three, or the bottom four, rather, you know, we've been closer to it at other points this season. So, form's not great. It isn't. But actually, the two results, the two games we should have lost, we didn't. And that's what's bizarre. And I think that's what's also the reason that it shouldn't be Blue Monday today. Not massively. It shouldn't be all about worry and stress. Just take each game as it comes. And if in two weeks' time we're closer to the bottom than we are now, because we've drawn two games against, I think it's Burton and Cambridge, isn't it? Two home games that we should have been getting points from, then I think maybe people will look at it a little differently. If in two weeks and two days' time we haven't signed a midfielder, and we're going to go through February and March with Sorensen and, and Sanders as a two. There'll be a little bit more concern if we haven't signed a striker and Ben House is still in and out the side. There'll be a little bit more concern. But that ain't going to be the case. We are going to sign players. And when people say, well, half the window's gone, where are the signings? You know, very few teams make all of their signings early doors. The ones that do have perhaps got the money to outpay or outbid the shopping in the shop in the, in the markets that we shouldn't be shopping in and that was excuse me that was one point i made to uh, on, a, on an article this week was when we say we're missing out to teams like 
Charlton or, or Ipswich, massive teams. Maybe we're, we're going for the wrong players. I don't know. I don't know the answer. But I don't think that it's all negative. And I think it's, it is, as Gordon says, social media does skew what the majority of supporters understand is happening. And there are a silent majority. You know, and often the people that could slide into my DMs, as the youth say, um, on, a, on a match day, they only do so when we lose. And you know who you are, Nick Oxbury. You know, it's, there's only worry and panic. It's never, we're doing well, we're on, a, you know, we're on a good trajectory, or this was positive, or that was positive. It's easy to pick negatives out of a negative performance. It's easy to pick positives out of a positive performance. The real skill is to do it the other way around. Look for the negatives in the positives and look for the positives in the negatives. But you've got to do both. You just look for negatives and positives, but then never, ever try and focus on positives. You just go on social media and say, defend that. That was terrible. You know, you, there's no balance there. There's no reason there. There's no debate. There's no argument. It's just one-sided opinion. And that's the worst. And that's why I put an article out with concerns on Saturday and then defending it on Sunday, because nothing's black and white. Never. Last season, nothing was black and white. We were good at times, we were bad at times, did things right, we did things wrong. And to get the overall picture, you've got to, you've got to take that big view, you've got to step back. You've got to look at the positives. Easy to say there aren't any. It's wrong to say there aren't any. Right. Uh, so Walt says, I think what doesn't help from Saturday is watching a poor MK Don side with no confidence and not taking it to them. They won the last home game, they've got a new manager. So there's a little bit of a bounce there. It's a poor side in terms of performance, but with Grig and Isa and and uh, Louis Barry, it's not poor in terms of the one to eleven. And we're still we know there's work to do in the transfer window. It's easy again, and you know this is I respect Walter's opinion, obviously. I, somebody I follow on Twitter, etc. But it is easy to to measure yourself against others. I'd rather be us than MK. You know, buying Jonathan Lecco when they're already saddled with the wages and the fees for Grig and et cetera, et cetera, and loading that squad in a desperate attempt to try and stay up. You know, even when we overspent this January just gone to stay up, it was on loans and short-term deals. It wasn't saddling the club with a, a longer debt going forward. It wasn't keep lending me a tenner and I'll tell you, keep us up and eventually, you know, you're brassic. And that was what could well happen. MK Dons are a team I would worry about over a 10, 15 year period. Financially, I don't worry about us over a 10, 15 year period because I think we'll cut our cloth accordingly and that's a, po that's a positive. Connor says, should Tashan get a look in in the middle? Yes, if we play as a three. Um, I think he could play as a 10. I think he's a, a good transitional player. I don't think he's strong enough in tackle. Um, potentially, if you can get an overload in that area against Cambridge or a Burton, he might be the right type of player. But like Burton, for instance, we know what they're going to do. We saw it at their place. They're going to do pretty much the same at our place. Not for me then, Tashan. Uh, who else have we got? Richard, morning, Richard. Might Saturday's performance be a function of the side being risk-averse and concentrating on not losing the sitting out to win games? It could be. But then that's, I think, what you do away to a degree. You know, we probably went there and thought, well, if we can take a point from that, get Burton and Cambridge who are equally out of form back at our place, naturally have a bit of a go at them, you know, get Shadipo, he got his 45 minutes in. Hopefully, hopefully we should be better on Saturday. And we have been good at home this season. Yeah, we're unbeaten at home. It's all right to say, well, I've drawn a lot of games, but some of those games we should have won. And okay, we've shown frailties in those. Fleetwood, defensive frailties, 2-0 up. 
clean that game. I think you see, go 2 0 up at a game this weekend, we keep it, we win the game. Virtually guarantee that because the defence is now settled and organised and we're much, much stronger. So that's what I hope. Uh, Steve Turner, morning, Steve. Sanders is not the same player with Sorensen as he is with Virtue. I think there are half a dozen teams worse than us at the moment. Next two games are massive spot. On. And he's not, Max Sanders, he's not the same player without Virtue. Like Cohen Bramwell wasn't the same player without Joe Walsh. Cohen Bramwell's best performances in Lincolnshire came with Joe Walsh at the side of him. You know, the influence that some players have on other players is massive and it's also underrated. So, Right, I'm going to go because this wind is terrible. I'm hoping it hasn't affected your enjoyment of this morning's dog walk. Um, I'm going to try and get this put up as a podcast and we'll see how that goes down. Um, hopefully the sound quality has not been too bad. But thank you everybody for watching. It is Blue Monday um, and whatever your personal circumstances are, it could be you know a tough week now before we get into payday week. Um, but we'll come together on Saturday. Don't forget the um, the Marcus Needham event. Tipsy Impa donating 50p from every single pint to the 617 to create something in Marcus's name, I believe. Um, and there's it's kind of a, a pub crawl by the 617. So get yourself involved in that. It should be down at the ground, making sure the Tipsy Impa well supported on the uh, on that endeavour. And look, just let's not try to be too negative. Let's hope there's a sign in at some point this week. Rest assured, Shadipo will will likely start. He'll be settled into the side. There are things to be positive about. And whilst you know, always in football there's positives and negatives, just never, please, never be drawn just focusing on the negatives. Neg never be drawn. Always be aware to look for them. You know, always be critical. But just make sure we focus on some of those positives as well. We're still in a decent position to, to retain our league one status and everybody would have taken that at the beginning of the season. Enjoy your day. Up the Imps. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.